And uh, we'll... we'll... <laughs> We're not putting that in. Hey guys, welcome to the Every Plant Story podcast, the podcast where we share all kinds of plant stories from us here at Gabriella Plants, a little bit of the behind the scenes, maybe even some questions and answers on today's show, um, and all around our plant community. My name is Shane, I'm the host of the podcast and owner of Gabriella Plants, and today's podcast is a little bit different. I do have with me um, our media director, Zach. Hello, hello. Good to have you here. Good to be um, Yeah, happy to be able to do this podcast. We're without Brett today, our other normal co-host for the podcast. So I went ahead and made a post in the behind the scenes group and asked for some question and answers. Figured we could go ahead and kick off 2022 with some Q&As of what our customers that are a part of our Facebook behind the scenes group, which you can find at facebook.com slash Gabriella Plants BTS. That group is always popping. That link may not be right, but we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back to it because I think they do. They put it like I think it's like Reddit where like there's a letter in between. Oh, there's an extra slash and letter or something mm. like that. Anyways, you'll find it if you search Gabriella Plants behind the scenes or find our Facebook page Gabriella Plants, uh, and you can find it from there. So we ask the question, hey, ask me anything, and it may be included on today's podcast. So without further ado, Zach, um, I figured that's what we do today. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it's a beautiful Wednesday. Yeah, it has been, I guess, yeah, for a little bit of context, it's been a good week. Um, we were really had a lot of other priorities, um, some of which is the new website you can go check out online, gabriellaplants.com, a new facelift to that, and adding a lot of functionalities that will be really expansive too, and how we're able to share every plant story with our customers. So myself and some of the other digital members of the team were pretty busy last week doing that, so we didn't get a podcast out, but... We figured we'd come back this week, and it's been a great week. It has been a great week last week, too. Greenhouse planted, I mean, thousands of plants in one week. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been hiring. I think we have six new people on the team since the beginning of the year. Yeah, at I least. Feel, yeah, I feel like I keep walking in. There's a new face. Yeah, I'm like I can't. I'm already so bad at names. Like, oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Just... Uh, so that's really exciting to have uh, all those new faces, um, and it's definitely helping our teams catch up. Obviously, shipping is still a little bit, I wouldn't say behind, but with weather, not only here locally, but across Mm -hmm. the United States that fluctuates on the weekly, we're trying to find those right times to ship the plants safely. And sometimes that can be a a little bit of a hold on the order, but we're trying to get better um, also in how we communicate with our customers when we do place something on hold and that sort of thing. So always trying to invest our resources and our time as Gabriella Plants to make our customers experience shopping with us and learning alongside of us better every single year. So um, yeah, that, I think that kind of wraps up housekeeping. It's just been a really productive yeah. uh, couple of weeks. So oh, we can yeah. go ahead and get into the questions. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, first question we have is from Kelly. She asks, is there a plant that you would want to offer that you fear might not sell successfully? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Let's start. Kelly. Yeah. Starting off strong. Yeah. Here. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think I could name like a specific plant off the top of my head. Um, perhaps Brett could, but I will say that as we continue to expand what we offer to customers, one of the larger concerns or, you know, as she kind of worded fear that something may not sell isn't so much that like the plant may not sell as much as are we doing enough to explain that that plant exists? It may be a species. Mm 
or a group of plants you've never heard of before, but you may have that sunny space on your pool patio mm -hmm. or something else. So as we begin to expand kind of um, beyond the typical house plant lineup of maybe 12 different genuses, something like that, mm -hmm. um, and into a wider variety, I think customer being able to connect the customer with the plant that would do really well for them but is contains a name that they've never heard of before mm -hmm. may not even be able to pronounce yeah. i think that that will kind of be a challenge and i think for those reasons something may not sell because although it may be the perfect plant for your exact needs you may just not know how to find it amongst you know the hundred plus items that are in stock on the website at any given time yeah and that and that's you know why i'm excited about all this just educational content really kind of diving into that more because yeah i'm sure there's hundreds of plants that people you know like you said have the perfect spot for but they don't even know it exists and so right. yeah it's that that the bridge between knowing that hey this plant is really cool and then kind of delivering it to the customers in a way that is like yeah no this is you know you yeah, we need want you this to, in your life yeah we want you to not only do we want it to be a good fit we want you to be successful with being able to grow those new plants too. and understand what you have right and and how to replicate what environment they were grown up in and and so that you can care for the plant well so mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that comes with starting to grow things that are for lack of a better phrase out of the common vocabulary amongst plant shops and amongst other retailers really mm -hmm. um and especially with our dedication to the education like you mentioned you know although some of these plants may even have some common names you know our website still lists stuff botanically as accurate as we can mm -hmm. that's a big heart of brett for sure um so yeah, just making sure that not only do we give them the educational support too, but we make finding that plant and getting paired with that plant easy, even if you were previously completely unaware that they existed. So I, th mm. there's a fear there, um, but at the same time, it's also just a, a mission, a, a, you know, a, a goal to reach for and uh, to continue to do better with. So yeah. I don't, I don't view it as a fear as much as something I view that it's important we get right. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Um, well, another one from Kelly. Um, she's on a roll with these. Oh, yeah. Um, Gabriella, on rare occasions, has offered some non-house plants, variegated Japanese iris, for example. Mm -hmm. Do you wish to expand the inventory beyond, quote-unquote, house plants? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> that's funny. That, that's the next question. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and I think that some of that is going to come with us having to ourselves learn how to grow different plants, um, maybe even adapt some of our growing environments. Like one plant that's been really successful for us are some of the Saracenius. Um, but those Saracenius also require being grown in a bog or, or being partially submerged during their growing process, which when we were first starting out and kind of asking the question, hey, is there a market for this? Also, can we do a good job of what I just talked about, like educating our customers about the various carnivorous plants we have that can mm -hmm. do more full sun and all these other things? Um, it was fine to grow them in some literal Rubbermaid bins mm -hmm. when we were only growing, a, you know, 100 or 200. Um, but as demand is confirmed and as stuff picks up, now we're having to alter the greenhouses in some way to be able to grow them at a larger scale. So mm. I think, yes, we will expand. I think it will, but we're gonna try to be strategic and intentional to make sure that the education, the ability for customers to find those types of things on the websites and know what 
environment they're going to succeed in so that they're not getting into something that they think is a house plant, put it in their bathroom and now are, mm. you know, um, doing harm to the plant and not able to be successful with it because they're in an apartment and don't have a yard to plant it in or don't really have a full sun window because of where their windows face. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those factors are something that I think not slow us down, but make that I want to make sure we do right. Because yeah. um, we don't just, yeah, we don't want to have them just to have them. Like, right, yeah, right. we just, yeah, we want to be able to offer it and have the same quality of info and, you know, resources available like we do for everything else. And I do think that the one kind of caveat, at least for right now, um, especially with shipping online, maybe things change. I'm telling you my genuine answers as of 20, the start of 2022, right? But I don't think we'll really journey into the plants that are annuals or very short term outdoor plants. Um, things like irises and, and other things like that, that are more hardy, depending on your zone. Obviously, it can't be planted outdoors everywhere, mm-hmm. but I think you'll see us um, do a lot of outdoor plants, but not necessarily plants that would be your typical perennials or annuals. Um, I just don't know that we'll get into that. A lot of that seed grown, again, requires full sun growing, mm. all that kind of thing. So it just brings a whole nother set. But I do think there are a plenty of species that are full sun or outdoor or expansions beyond houseplants that are also not short-term like an annual or a perennial or something like that would be. Nice. Well, thank you, Kelly, for those questions. Those were yeah, phenomenal. Um, next one is from Christian. He asks, Ikea greenhouse cabinets have become Ooh, a very yeah. popular uh, commodity. What do you think about them, their viability and efficiency in keeping tropical plants happy? Well, I mean, I I think from everyone that I've seen somebody post one, do you know what they're talking about? Like, uh, have you seen one of these? I believe so. Things? Yeah. Here, let me. Uh, okay. Uh, here, here. I brought this up earlier. Here's a picture of one. So, like, it was originally sold by IKEA, not necessarily mm. to be a greenhouse, but like just to be a very functional and pretty. I don't know what you'd call that, like a the metal kind of aesthetic. Yeah, like that. just a very modern kind of cabinet. Yeah, also industrial, mm-hmm. look a little bit polished, but industrial, like just simple supplies and all mm. the glass. Um, and people kind of figured out when they looked at this, they're like, oh man, that's just one big terrarium. Yeah, leave it to the plant community yeah, to just right? take something that's not made for them and be like, you know what? This is going to work great. <laughs> and I've seen some really good setups. And to answer the question, I haven't seen many people have issues inside. Um, off the top of my head, the one concern would be airflow because you are now introducing an entirely enclosed space. Um, even if that's just circulating like the Brooks greenhouses, it is an enclosed space, keep in mind, much bigger mm. enclosed space, but we see even more algae buildup when we don't run circulation fans. I mean, just to get that air moving. So I'd want to make sure that you have some form of air movement. On the flip side though, some of the plants that do best in terrariums don't really need it. Like a begonia is not going to need the airflow in there. They're going to love it. You're going to be able to, especially in a dry environment, you're going to be able to maintain a much higher humidity if you were to put a humidifier in here, like I've seen a lot of other people do. Mm. Um, And I've definitely seen a few people doing at a very small scale what we've done in our greenhouses by having um, some remote control smart plugs to be able to automate some of the fan rotations and not have the humidifier going all the time, stuff like that, that obviously we've integrated at a bigger scale um, than a smart plug inside the greenhouses, but still the same principle of kind of having some automation or the ability to kind of control um, the environment within it. And 
for those dry environments, I can't imagine it does it does anything but good. I mean, mm-hmm. it is going to give you a higher humidity. Um, yeah, that would be my only thing. And probably in a space that small, even with a fan, you would probably benefit from rotating them from what shelf they lived on. So if one was on the top shelf, rotating it further down closer to the fan so that you're not, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Kind of drying out one column of air in the in the area more than the others but yeah, as sense. far as do i what do i think of them i think they're they're good if you know how to work with them just keep in mind that it's going to be you know enclosed yeah and now do you think you would have to go in after and add some type of sealant or do you think those come in a way that you don't they're kind of just basically set up and ready to go for you to just install everything you want I mean, I haven't seen one in person. I imagine if you were trying to actually, for example, like in some terrariums, like when we visited Ill Exotics, mm-hmm. if you were trying to keep a, you know, a uh, a, a pet, uh, you know, some type of yeah, like uh, a reptile or something. or something like that, you would probably want to add some more. Um, but I think as long as you're not needing it to be sealed because it's in your basement and it's otherwise 45 degrees and, you know, you're really benefiting from like the heat trapping or something like that. Mm. I don't think that houseplants, I would think it would be close enough to do the outcome that most people try to get them. The crazy thing about this stuff and why he said they're a hot commodity, of course, I think Ikea went back. Yeah, see, this is it available again at select stores but out of stock in orlando Uh, this all like there was a run mm. on these things uh so unfortunately i never got one i was too late to the game yeah you missed the tiktok about it yeah exactly (laughs) so they've come out with a couple other ones but they're not quite the same layout this is kind of the more more common one and people get it in white a lot too yeah that's nice i like that right it's cool yeah so moral of the story if you don't have room to build a greenhouse in your yard just get one for inside and terrariums don't have to come in 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 you know display cabinets either there's other um ways to make them i've seen people have and accomplish the same thing that you're doing here but making very very visually attractive with a rubbermaid bin and Mm. closing it down and you're just trapping you know some kind of nodes that need to root in in a humidity dome any mm-hmm. of those other options are also ways to do it much cheaper but again it's not going to have the aesthetic that i can imagine yeah. is the desired outcome of this thing yeah but, that, that high class ikea look yeah gotta man. love it all right and another question for you what advice do you have for people with a passion who want to build and grow their own nursery i mean yeah uh go for it um I've answered this question a few times on various podcasts, but um, I'm getting better at keeping the answers a little bit shorter. Um, one, definitely follow your heart, but talk to some experts and you know run your idea past some other people. The, the world needs more growers. The industry is certainly lacking in the next generation stepping up to take over the size and scale of operations that are currently being run by the past generation, or not past, but the current generation. Um, so... It's definitely needed. However, there are things to keep in mind. One, the economy of scale slash economy of scale based on location. So it's a lot harder and a lot more expensive to grow at scale in Ohio or in Washington state than it is to grow in Florida or in Texas or in California um, just because of the average temperatures and how much you would have to spend on heating and all the other things. Um, that being said, start small, start doing what you can do right now. If you're 
on the edge or getting serious or beginning to ship a lot of plants, particularly ones that you're producing, you're not going around to buy and resell plants, but you're actually producing them at some scale um, and you're shipping more than a you know, hundred of them say in a year uh, as a good threshold. Not that you have to, but I think you start to benefit from one, connecting to other growers, but two, especially if you're not in a state that has a really good you know, network of growers, or there may not even be another greenhouse anywhere close to you, hmm. um, contacting your Department of Agriculture for that state, because they're going to be key if you were to turn on a larger operation in that state to get you certified in order to ship to all 50 states or or further and beyond that. And they're also going to be aware of Joe, who also owns a greenhouse. It may be two counties away, but at some point, those inspectors in the region that you would be assigned one typically are aware of it may not be greenhouses either it may also be agriculture you know covers farming in all Mm -hmm. the ways um both in you know plant products and in animal products Mm -hmm. so even if there's not a actual nursery near you there may be a farmer you know, who also has a greenhouse and sells that at, you know, so either way, something that may be off the beaten path as a lot of agriculture is, is really easy to figure out when you start working with the Department of Agriculture, because they have a list of everyone who has a nursery license in your state. And those regional representatives or agents or whatever are going to have a more intimate knowledge of, yeah, it's the two really long driveways. You're going to want to go on the, the mm, you know what I mean? And they're going to paces from the big oak tree. on Exactly. The exactly. Especially with agriculture being more, you know, typically rural. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of signs always that say like, Oh, here it is. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's definitely get into it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And lastly, don't be afraid to fail. Um, I think all growing and the best way to grow as a human, as a leader, as a grower of plants, um, as a mom or a dad or anything else um, is to do, see the outcome, modify your strategy and go again. And sometimes that's going to include failing big. You're going to lose some stuff to, you know, a fungus or a pest. You're going to have pest problems. So the sooner you start to learn those lessons and get those experiences and what to do, under your belt, the easier it's going to be whenever the time comes for you to launch a larger scale operation, you're already going to have that knowledge. So don't be afraid of what you don't know. Just go full steam ahead to try to figure it out and that it will happen. Reach out to other growers, you know, get the answer you're looking for. And again, going back to the Department of Agriculture, if you think it's root rot, most states, if you're a nursery, you're more than welcome. They may take a week or two to get you the results, but you're more than welcome to request or send in a, a soil sample to the state mm. and ask them to test it or a university in your state. So um, also don't always believe the internet too. You know, posting a photo, there are ways to get real answers from either experts or, you know, scientific, you know, lab results, basically. Mm-hmm. Either way, though, make sure you're getting good information and that you're not afraid of the challenges and you'll be just fine. Well, there you go, folks. All right. So that, I mean, honestly, that got me inspired to go build a greenhouse in my backyard. <laughs> Dang. Well, <laughs> you want to send over the, you, uh, yeah, the designs you know for this latest one? Uh, yeah. 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 Let me know who your uh, greenhouse guy is. <laughs> All right. So we have a question from uh, Cassand- or Cassandra. Sorry. What do you know about the business now that you wish you'd known when you first got started? That's a, That's a loaded question. 
Let's get yeah. deep. Yeah, let's get deep real there. That that's a really good question. Um Yeah, it's a it it's a good question. Um I think it's kind of like split into two or my mind goes two places. Like one, obviously the things that we know now about the growing side of things. Uh when that spot shows up, it's this. Oh, by the way, when you grow this type of plant, you're going to need like I was just mentioning, the bog environment and all mm-hmm. these things that we didn't know before. Um, but I think what I wish I knew most were, and by no means am I an expert, but the ways and the things I've learned about how important leadership is in the last three years, um, keep in mind, I had to grow a lot by like, not force, but by force of going from two employees to 30 plus now, um, yeah, real, real in, in quick. three years. Yeah. So it was a lot of change and we've changed locations and we've changed how we do different things and we've launched, you know, the story stakes and there's plenty of things about those things I wish I knew earlier, but I think the most important one would definitely be that in order for the team to thrive and continue to grow, I needed to be able to grow as a leader to be able to lead them into what comes next. And I wish I had invested in myself and realized that responsibility sooner than I did. I don't really blame myself for not having seen it sooner. Mm-hmm. We were also yeah, figuring out how day. to keep up with shipping enough plants with COVID and not getting behind. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of stresses just of the day to day. But I wish I had gotten more around what our new th- year theme is: growing plants and growing people. I mean, that's the core of what I view my job to be, um, the organization's job to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, those are one and the same. And yeah, I, I've really tried to read a lot of books. Um, and by read a lot of books, I mean, I don't read any books, but I listen to books <laughs> on audiobooks. Uh, because guess what? I can continue to plant more Rio for you guys if I listen to it in the audiobook form. Um, but yeah, I, I've tried to invest in those ways and grow in my leadership ability because I realize there's so many ways I can be a better leader. Um, some of those have been slowing down, having to learn how to delegate so much. Um, and trust other people and see them succeed and come back and celebrate when they succeed. I mean, look at you. You've you've gone from <laughs> what plan am I taking a photo of to like, I got this idea. I'm going to smack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this from Brett and we're going to work on that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to be able to have over the last year, particularly put people in a position to be empowered to make the impact that they want to make and stay focused on growing myself and making the impacts that I can make every, each and every day. I wish I had known more about that earlier. I wish I had been yeah. a better leader sooner. Yeah. But that, yeah. And then that's just another one of those things where like growing plants, like you really don't learn until you're thrown into the position and you learn from your mistakes and absolutely just take it day by day. And I mean, I've made plenty of mistakes, but those mistakes, both plants and people have been what has taught me the lessons the quickest mm-hmm. and the lessons that don't fade in your memory either mm-hmm. um so it's all good yeah but i think and even just yeah even just from when i've been here the start of last year you know i've seen you go through so much growth and just how you communicate to the team and how you're and i've definitely seen yeah your focus shift and like really start spending more time in the areas that you know you can make a difference like that and yeah and yeah so you're killing it Keep Thank killing you. it. <laughs> yeah, I realize I also can't make an impact on everybody every day. That was another big thing I had to learn mm. to let go of. And I think a lot of 
I got very discouraged that I wasn't a good leader because for a while I got hung up on the fact that as we grew in the number of locations and the number of team people that like there would be a week that goes by where I didn't get a chance to talk to these three people Mm -hmm. or something like that um, to come from being there before everybody gets there in Mm -hmm. 2020 and being there until long after everyone else leaves to where sometimes you have to pick and choose what impacts you can make definitely was a weird thing to get accustomed to, but I've tried to embrace that and I appreciate it. And I've seen all, and what's really neat is every time I feel like whether in a all team staff meeting or any other custom, like even this new website rollout and stuff, like every time that I am able to grow more, Mm -hmm. maybe even because of something I messed up, um, it's really neat to see those weeks that follow and other members of the team almost like little popcorn kernels also leveling up mm-hmm. in what they're taking on so to be surrounded by so much growth of people mm-hmm. around me is also really challenging for me to keep growing too because mm-hmm. um, you guys are really quickly yeah. <laughs> catching up so i need to uh i guess make more mistakes question mark no i'm just kidding uh, no, I but, I about need, that. but i need to keep investing and in, in continuing to grow myself as a leader yeah um, it's really important yeah. Well, I love that. That was, yeah, that was a really good answer. Um, we got real. <laughs> you yeah. said get real and we hey, got real. That's what happens when you ask a question. Nate. So yeah, somebody could uh, ask Shane what his biggest fear is next time. <laughs> we'll get really, really deep. All right. So we have a question from Megan. Um, what is the most frequently asked question or advice requested from you? <laughs> that's a weird way to flip the entire question in uh, reverse. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the old Bopic game, twist it. Like that's like twist in the question right there. Um, most frequently asked, honestly, was probably the question from um probably the like two questions ago when we were talking about what's the most advice? Or uh, what's the like advice for somebody who's starting out? I think there's mm. a lot of people who have the passion and want to know what it takes, um, and or want to learn from the lessons that I've had to go through. Um, and I have several people who have reached out to me over time and I apologize for not always being the quickest person to respond back to social media messages, but I try to do a good job of still circling back and mentoring people who do reach out to me, um, and ask me specific questions on kind of growing or launching a business, but definitely around, you know, either when is Gabby going to be available? When is pink princess going (laughs) to be available or, I want to get into what you do professionally. How do I do it? I think those are probably mm. the top two. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's really cool that you're able to be that person that, you know, started like you, you started from the, not to be stereotypical, started from the bottom and, and you really, I mean, not the bottom, but inherited something that wasn't, wasn't doing what we were doing. Exactly. Yeah. And really transformed it to be something really special and like, really made it into your own vision. So people that have that spark and have that, they know they're destined to do this thing. Well, they can look at you and be like, well, he, he he's currently doing it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, being able to kind of give that knowledge off is, is really invaluable and important. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. And what's been really crazy, I love getting to do that. Like mm-hmm. it's really rewarding again, just because my priority has to be in the team on the health of the team and <laughs> the health of you guys as individuals and growing you guys that, you know, sometimes social media messages can be somewhat delayed for me. But outside of that, I really enjoy it. Like I do always get back to people's emails because I do enjoy 
getting to help people see through that because I'd much rather learn, have somebody be able to already know. I mean, for mm -hmm. example, we talked about it, um, I think on the last podcast, but that's been modeled to me my entire life by the current generation of growers. When mm -hmm. um, Ryan from Steve's Leaves came to visit us, he took one look at the begonias and goes, oh, you're having problems with insert name of thing we didn't know we were dealing with, but was causing a problem here. <laughs> And said, oh, and by the way, here's our magic sauce that we've been using for the past decade that 100% solves this for you and it's super easy to use. We're like, brilliant. Mm. They're literally gold tier top of the chart for begonias in the world. So of course they're going to be able to help us. And I think it's been also cool to have other current generation growers reach out to us and ask, Hey, where do, I mean, when we went to TPIE, people came up to me and asked, where do you think the market's going to be going? What, mm -hmm. what plants are people going to be into? Um, and I tried to give them my honest answer. We're all in the same, we're all in the same mission. We yeah. all want to make sure that pe plant people are happy and that there's new plants coming down the line and that people's lives are made better by plants. Mm -hmm. So I take every opportunity I can to share what I know and be open and transparent obviously with this podcast too, yeah. you know, we have no problem. And I, it's my heart to try to grow people by, if if you can avoid a mistake that I've already made by me being able to answer your question, that's just a win-win. Exactly. Yeah. Just, and because, you know, you, you know, there's always those people that you can reach out to. Like when mm -hmm. you run into a situation where you're like, Hey, I haven't really experienced this before. There's somebody in the plant community that has, and has absolutely been through it, been through the ringer is like, you know what, this is what you need. So it's like that just constant circle of everybody helping grow each other and everything. Yeah, it's it's really good. So I, I want to make sure that our generation, the next generation that takes over this industry has that same level of networking and willingness to help each other um, because that's definitely present in the current generation of, of commercial growers right now. I love it. All right, well, that's about the 30-minute mark. So really? we are about to go into a fast-fire question round. Fast-fire, you mean uh, lightning round? Lightning round, uh, a.k.a. We're Insert just, lightning we're... bolt here. <laughs> this is what happens when Brett's not here. We get a little out of hand. Uh, we got too real. Now we're getting zany with the sound effects. I love it. All right. First question from Jasmine. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Oh, if I could travel anywhere? I mean, Miriam and I have definitely been talking about Europe. Um, where in Europe though, I'd really like to go to Czech, well, Czechoslovakia, mm. now the Czech Republic, mm. um, because this one portion of my family that like, I actually have the entire family tree, like every single, you know, second removed cut, like cousin. Oh, that's where thing. your family's from. That's where my, my dad's mom is from. Oh, okay. Um, and they immigrated her, my grandma's parents, um, were, immigrants here mm. to America through Texas and started farming out there um, when they came over here. So I would love, my grandma's actually been to her mom's house oh, wow. in the Czech Republic. Um, so I'd love to be able to do that. In fact, like my grandma was actually able to go there while essentially the hundred year old neighbor of what had been her mom was still alive no at that way. time and was able to be like, yeah, so like, do you remember them? Like, yeah, they they moved in now, and wow. and my grandma like studied Czech, the language for months leading up to that trip, mm. so that she could ask the specific questions regarding her family, 
and write them down that she wanted to. That must have been so cool for her. Yeah. That's that's really just kind of getting back to your roots and kind of seeing cuz did she move from Czech when she was young or was she no, born she in the US? No, she was born in America. Okay. But they grew up on a farm with no electricity, mm. no TV, no radio. I mean like they came to America way early on mm-hmm. um and obviously we were a part of rural Texas. Mm. Um, so they were on the last street, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. to, to start getting power and stuff. So I don't know, just because there's all that backstory, I would love to go to the Czech Republic. I know Miriam also wants to go to Scotland, Ireland stuff. So probably somewhere in Europe. That's yeah. That'd be gorgeous. All right. Next but one. Also, I can't fathom the idea of those long plane flights. Like, that's oh yeah, still it's not the too thing. bad. Yeah. It's, You've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I flew to Australia. That was, oh. you just get to a point where you just watch so many movies that your brain is just mush and you can't watch another movie. And but that's start. way longer than like, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 It's, and, but at that point, you know, the planes are built nicer cause you're going over the ocean and stuff, but definitely still, still not a fun time. All right. Uh, next question is from Karen who was actually at our Balt- Baltimore meetup. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she asks, where are you hi- where are you hiding the Syngonium Aurora. Aurora and when are we going to see them? Uh well the um I would I guess that for a lightning answer, um ask the sun and the seasons to change a little bit. Because that's what <laughs> we're currently waiting on. Uh we're not hiding them, but the the green variegation definitely and Syngonium um Podophyllum, the variegated both Albo and Aurora are both much easier to grow. In the summertime, they really, we found, don't like the the cool and particularly when we go into those like five cloudy days in a row thing, they're not a fan. So um, we are planting them year round. However, the quality of what we can often get out of new growth during the wintertime in that specific group of plants is less than what we'd want to mm. view as ideal. Um, but the variegation starts coming back as the days start getting longer as they already are. And as we start getting rid of days like today where it was, or yesterday where it was cloudy, you know, Mm -hmm. for 48 hours or whatever and Mm -hmm. replace that with sunlight. As long as we can get there, as soon as they're ready, you'll know about it. I like it. All right. Next one from Brandy. Is there a ideal temperature range for water when watering plants? Mm, Like the the actual temperature of the water. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, Lightning round answer, see or try to figure out or ask the right question what their natural environment would be. Um, if it's a shingling plant like a skindapsis that would shingle, they can go colder because they're going to be more used to higher elevation areas where the cooler or the coolness of the water wouldn't matter. Um, compared to other plants. But in general, I don't think you're going anywhere near wrong. All of our well water comes out at roughly speaking 65. I think anything above 55, whatever you would want the ambient air temperature to be for the plant is probably a good place to start. But if you're trying to get more specific, obviously it depends on the species, but knowing whether what type of elevation, you know, if it's on the floor of a jungle, it probably doesn't have a great tolerance to really cold water because that would never happen in its natural environment. Mm, but that makes sense. Fifties and sixties. I think you're okay. Nice. All right. Um, and final question from Alyssa. Oh, there's a word in here. I might mess up. Can we expect more varieties of skindapsis 
Yeah, you did it. Hey, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Uh, from Gabriela Plants, anytime soon. Yeah, we got a lot. Um, what's hard is I don't remember all the names off the top of my head, uh, but I know I propagated some more. Uh, Silver Cloud, I think, or Silver Hero. There's another one that's kind of black and ripply that we're working on. Um, some of these I just haven't yet put in the uh, story stake request, so I haven't actually had to find the answer of what their botanical names are yet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a couple different ones. There's one like called like snakes. Uh, it's not snake skin, but it's something like that. I'm sure people will laugh at the end of this, but there are at least four more growing in the Brooks greenhouses in my backyard right now. Although depending on how quickly we can ramp their production, um, it may not be until early summer that we finally get them out, but we're growing them. So they are coming. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Can't really, uh, We'll go out there and shout at them for you guys. We'll, we'll give them some motivational speeches. Yeah, I'll but leave the music going. Uh, yeah, is that, I mean, have you found that that works? Is it Mozart? Is yeah, it, there's some, um, you can, I'll send you some links. There's okay. some stuff. Post Malone? I mean, Are there, like, it depends Led on Zeppelin, what type of, some, like, it's kind of like, rock. in my mind, as a joke, it's kind of <laughs> like, what children do you want to raise? Like, if you raise them on Led Zeppelin, then, like, you got a rocker. Mm, so, okay. you know, use that. Interesting. Use that same judgment. All right. No, that's not actually botanically accurate. <laughs> but uh, this is straight facts here on the Every Plant Story podcast. <laughs> yeah. But with that, um, wow, that was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't obviously get to all the questions. We had to kind of just go through and pick some. Um, but one question I wanted to, I don't have the exact question written, but one thing I wanted to touch on in this one was somebody asked the question of what are my general thoughts on how um, new how the market will basically be with obviously we had an, a somewhat surge of new people to the plant community during COVID. And now that things are reopening across the country, you know, what kind of uh, thoughts I have on that, what kind of impact does that make? And I, um, I'm really, I'm really confident with it, to be honest. I think that our industry is catching up. Um, and I don't think the demand for high quality, unique specimens is going to go anywhere. I do think that there are going to be items that are going to be made or are made available because of TC where you can, you know, produce 10,000 a month to send to, to other growers to finish growing out to full size um, or to a sellable size. I think that those items will become a little bit saturated um, because there's more people entering the industry. Thank goodness. Um, it's helping us catch up and it's helping us um, not have to, even grow some of the plants we previously grown. If we can help another family greenhouse by getting in some of theirs, if we can focus on something that's new, some of what Brett's been working on or some of these in production items. So we're able to be really flexible. And I think that we're uniquely focused on creating a really, really cool customer experience that nobody else is currently able to offer. And that's completely revolutionary in and of itself, but that is only successful as we are able to maintain and keep a consistent high quality good customer um experiences and good customer care and support on, on after a purchase mm -hmm. and by continuing to grow really unique stuff and keeping it always rotating but we're always growing more so i do feel really good about where the plant industry is i think there are going to be areas of the industry that maybe do become a little bit more a little bit less saturated um and i do think that the people who are new to plants who have really, we were talking about this earlier today that were like really on, like they're in it. Mm -hmm. They're a hundred percent in. They had no idea about the community a year ago, but now they are a hundred percent in. So they're brand new and heavily invested. 
Um, I'm really thankful that our customers have been for quite some time, new and old, returning and brand new customers, somewhat invested in our stakeholders in what we're building. I think, and I'd like to think that we really do listen to all of our customer feedback. We're making changes to how customer experiences feel and how the website changes. There's even quicker checkout options on the website as of today as well. Um, we're trying to take steps to always continue to grow what we're doing to better serve people. And I think that constant conversation with our customers has been something that's allowed us, combined with us wanting to be agile, mm -hmm. wanting to be flexible, embracing change for the most part. Um, I think those two things, it wouldn't be the same if we had either one of those failing. Um, but when we can tie it into, here's what a customer said would be really neat. And three months, six months later, we can go like, awesome. Yeah, we did start growing this. Or yeah, we did it. We were able to make that change mm -hmm. um, or take care of you in that way. I think that you know, when you run a business with those priorities, I don't think you're under any, I don't want to say threat, but under any harm of yeah. where the industry is going to go for the foreseeable future. So I think the industry overall is going to be really good. And I think people are going to be really um, attentive to learning more. Those people who are really invested, whether it's getting more and more invested in our story at Gabriella Plants or just they became Monstera, you know, freaks and they're really all about mm -hmm. it. So they're finding every resource, whether it's Brett or a YouTube video, they're trying to find what the mature plant version looks of every Monstera they own. They're yeah. trying to do all. And I think, you know, that education component is going to be not only something that we do in how we sell and share every plant story with our customers, but also where those plant shops across America are going to come back into, um, do workshops, show somebody how to make the moss pole. Um, that only helps your business and it only keeps those people engaged in the plant community when they're able to be successful with a plant, not just for six months, but know what to do with it when it needs repotting, when it needs to go beyond what they initially bought. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to see as COVID is now beginning to fade, um, that all these plant shops are reopened. A lot of them were able to open at some point last year as well um, because those education centers, you know, that's how I view it is they're really responsible for be they're the front line of defense mm. to answer the question of, I don't know what to do. It got too big. Now it's trying to look for some place to grow. What do I do with it next? And be able to not only sell you the supplies, but be able to show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's going to be a lot of questions like that and the the good businesses will filter out by being able to be that resource for their community locally. Yeah. Um, and obviously when we get those questions, we do our best to help as well. Awesome. Yeah. So um, with that, I just want to at least touch on that because that was one question we didn't have in there, but I think mm -hmm. it, people would be interested in. But with that, is there anything else that uh, you want to touch on today? I know uh, lots of new stuff on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Always got a uh, new content going out on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, everything in between. Um, the over at Aloma, it looks like everything. Oh yeah, setting up desks and stuff. Really, when I left earlier. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it feels like I blinked and it's a completely new room. Are you going back over there? Yeah. All right, maybe I'll go with you yeah, and take like a, a look. Little sneak so. peek. Yeah. And with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Every Plant Story podcast. Um, if you want to shop with our family business, Gabriella Plants, you can go to gabriellaplants.com. Follow not only uh, the podcast, but also the business at Gabriella Plants Online on Instagram. And also you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Every Plant Story. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. See ya.